0: Welcome to A Brodacious Life. This is a show dedicated to the idea that all people from any background can design a life worth living. It all starts by organizing your life with the five F's. Faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun. We call this A Brodacious Life. Are you ready to design your best life? Your Brodacious Life? If so, then this is the show for you. In progress. Well, what's going on, squad?
1: It is another wonderful day here on A Brodacious Life Podcast. We have a great interviewee here today. We have Jacob Caldwell. He is an author, and he's a, he's a life coach. We're super excited. He's a founder of Mountain Pass Coaching, author of Listen Simply, How to Understand What People Are Saying, and before you begin, how to focus on what matters and get the info you want want. How's it going today?
2: Not bad, my man. Thank you for having me on.
1: So super excited to have you here. One of our key topics that we've been talking about is freedom. And obviously we're not just talking about freedom as in America. We're talking about freedom as in the things that hold you back and keep you from being the best that you can be. And one of those things I feel is time management. Time management is something that I am absolutely I'm terrible about. I always call it my middle child syndrome. I'm not sure what it is. It's just built <laughs> into my DNA. But time management is a huge issue for me, whether that's procrastination, distraction, indecision. So what are some, what are ways that we mismanage our time?
2: Well, I will tell you that you're not in the boat with less people in it. A lot of majority of the people that, 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 I talk with heavy time management issue. And to me, it's the approach that people take. Most people say, Hey, I've got all this stuff to do. I'm just going to jam it into my schedule and hope that it works out. Yeah. It's not going to happen. My pers- yeah, it is. <laughs> and so my perspective awesome. is you got to start with 168 hours in your week and subtract out the things that are important to you. And the, at least for me, the way I approach it to say is like, be very intentional with the priorities that you set schedule those first kind of move forward that. So you're basically subtracting out what time you have much like you would a, a budget. Uh, right. But I think with time, people reverse that and they just say, oh, well, I have all these things to do. I'll just get to them. And they, right. and they really just hope.
1: So what are, you know, key pieces of that? Like what can, what, what, Are we just uh, misprioritizing, excuse me, are we just misprioritizing our time? Is that the the key piece of it? And how do we know what's
2: most important? I mean, it's really, really a fundamental question is be able to look through and say, again, if I go back to and saying these 200 hours into 168 hours, it's just not going to happen. And so, the priority becomes of saying, "Hey, this is the most important thing. I've got to protect that and put it in my schedule first." Um, but that's a, it's basically on what you determine is going to be most important to you. You know, for me, uh, time with my family is huge. Yes, and so I'm going to start with that and put, you know, an estimation of what hours is in this way before I even think about work, way before I think about some hobbies or way before I think about house projects. Like I want that in there. And now all of a sudden I'm left with 140 hours, right? Right. You know, so you can, you can see how, you know, it doesn't have to be the most time that you spend on a a specific uh, thing that you're interested in. It's really about setting the example and saying, this is so important to me that I will protect the time for that.
1: Now, do you have anything that you are using to, um, to schedule your time up? How are you scheduling that time? You say 168 hours. How are you defining that 168
2: hours? So I look at it as, uh, if you think about the more priorities you have, the less time you have for each priority. So I've gone through, an ex- and a lot of times when I sit down with somebody and try to coach them, it's basically "It's like, look, it's great that you want to do 12 things with your life, but you can't. Right. Or you're going to be doing a half an hour in time. So the the more priorities that you have in your life, the less amount of time. You know, it's a mile wide and inch an inch deep. You you have to be able to say no to good things. And as we get older, we only have good things. Like we become wise enough to be able to say, like, hey, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Or this is, I know this isn't going to work out. I know this is going to be tragic at the end. So I'm just going to avoid it and cut it out altogether. And I don't think a lot of people realize you just have, you have to like die to good things. You you can't just keep expecting that every option is a great option. You really have to sit down and say, what am I going to cut out?
1: That's been a, a tough task for me this year. I did a big career change about six months ago, and um, I've had three podcasts going on at the same time and one I put about four years of love into. Another one was with uh, some of my best friends that I've worked with in the restaurant industry. We had a sports podcast. And then this one that I have with my brother. And it was really tough that uh, to sit down and be like, well, what's important to me right now? What am I most passionate about? Because I can't do all three mm-hmm. at a very high level, and especially right. when you talk about, you know, recording content and getting things out consistently and trying to get, I don't know how they do this algorithm. I feel like it never goes in my favor, but whatever the secret formula that Apple and Spotify have together, I got to make sure that I'm maximizing my effort to, to build into that. And I had to let two of those other podcasts go. I let my, my food and farm podcast. that's about my homestead here and the other one that, you know, I kind of upset my friends a little bit but I had to decide what was going to be important for me. And, you know, I'll say, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll come on and do like a couple of shows this fall, but overall I'm going to have to take a step back because there's, again, there's just no way I can possibly schedule that into my time. Plus still have, you know, a normal person, you know, full-time job that I'm trying (laughs) to do. And I have six kids, so there's just always 10,000 things to do. Yeah. So, well, fantastic. So now do you, Like, when you decide, like, are you physically putting it in a schedule?
2: At this point, I'm not. I I spent some time. I probably took a a good long weekend or at least the amount of hours in a good long weekend. And I I sat down. I said, what are my priorities? And I made, like, here's my top five. And then I added a couple more as far as Well, they're optional. So, if I have time left over. And I plugged it into, I have a spreadsheet that um, I can definitely share with you guys. Like, it's a, a free tool for you resource if you want that be um, but it basically just says it says what's my current time what am i currently doing and it's just accounting for the time and then it says what do i hope to do right what do right. i want my schedule to be and it basically just gives you that difference to be able to say okay you know you're 18 hours over on this specific you know um piece of your life, you know, right. so it does it by priority. It doesn't do it by like a calendar schedule.
1: Okay. F- fantastic. Fantastic. For, you know, we have a, uh, we call it our brodacious journal, You know, and it's kind of like a a calendar and it's got, you know, your hours of the day and everything. I've gotten to the point where I've started just physically writing it out every single week, what I've got going on. I start on Sunday morning and then I just have to physically write it in. If I physically write it in, one, it puts it in memory in my mind that I physically have this day. I get that that's probably not the most efficient way, but for some ways in my my mind, that's what works for me. And um you know for 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 you obviously and obviously for any of our members you know we have that brodacious journal that that's free there if you're interested in that that's free on our website uh brodaciouslife.com and then you just kind of go into the newsletter and it comes free in the newsletter and that's that's really been something that i've had to work on this year is my my time management i'm realizing like you said there's you know, 168 hours in the week, how do I compact that in to get every single thing that I want? And at the end of my day, one of the things that, you know, am I going to fill my mind with a movie? Is it going to be television or can it be something that is going to benefit me two or three years down the road? You know, I've been having to kind of pick and choose a little bit more often on what's going to be most important to me. Yeah. So, so do you have yeah. any other little, uh, so how do you keep your management and time on track? Or is there any other little key things that you're doing along the way that kind of help you keep your focus?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, again, in the way that I kind of stated is I don't even talk about time management. It's priority management. To me, that's yeah. what it is. That's it's like, are you, are you sticking to the things that you're committed to? You know, are you putting the the things that are most important in your life? And sticking with those, and and I use it more as things like uh, going back and looking at a budget and saying like, where did I invest my time? You know, is it on these these? You know, was it with my family? Was it you know for me? Fly fishing has been something I've it's my one hobby that I try to get into. No, that's but it it takes a lot of time. Right. But I also don't have time for other ones, and I'm smart enough now where I'm saying like I'm just not going to do it. But I will tell you the biggest piece that a lot of people never do is actually schedule margin into their life. Right. So what they'll do is they'll fill their complete schedule out and have all the time dedicated to something. And when one thing goes wrong because everything's so tightly bound, it breaks everything.
1: And it sends your day in a spiral. That's it, about, it I, really, I get, really does. You know, in, in my my need to try to fix my time management, I'm very guilty of this. I work in the sales industry now and the restaurants and you know, now it's, you know, it's all about times I got to be here at this restaurant at this amount of time. And I get so focused on the schedule and that I'm not focused on the job at hand. And then I'll go mm. late with a customer, which I need to do. I need to spend that extra 30 minutes building that relationship for that sale. And even if it's not for the day, it's for the future and kind of investment in. And then I get behind for the rest of my day and I I just feel overwhelmed. And you get to the end of the day, you're like, that was so much stress and it was honestly, you recognize obviously it was for nothing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. it can really absolutely drive your, your, your passion down is when you're getting so, was it analysis by paralysis? You're overthinking, you know, what you've got going on. So mm-hmm. do you have like, how do you, you know, you said you, you know, you pick your family and, Um, you know, you pick your family and like a hobby and some different things going on. What is a way, do you have something that, how do you say it? How am I going to be able to find what's most important to me? Is there, it's kind of an odd question, but for a lot of people, they have 10,000 passions, And getting them to narrow them down into what exactly is important, I think is also a driver on why we're not efficient with that time. Basically our net is just spread so wide. How do we narrow that net?
2: So before I get into the answering that, I want to tell you about the challenge that people have and that's they just don't want to miss out on things. And so what they'll do is try to incorporate everything. And really the, only approach that I really kind of recognize is saying like you just brainstorm out everything that you potentially want to be a part of you want okay. involved in your life. And, and for me, it's ranking beyond there and saying, okay, well, if I could choose, you know, how much time I think I would spend on this, how much time I'd speak, you know, spend on that, you're adding them all up. And it's like, you're just associating an estimation of time with a ranking of the things that you want to involve in your life. And, Unfortunately, there isn't a right answer. Um, But I think sometimes we say, like, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how do I determine, like, what's important to me, what's not, it really comes down to like, what do you enjoy? What do you find a benefit? Is it relational? Is it it going out with your friends? Is it, it, uh, you know, being a foodie? And is it, you know, having a side hustle? Is it, I mean, there's all kinds of things that people are over. but. Because we're so tightly bound to time and trying to get the next thing done, we find it almost um, detrimental to be able to stop, pause, and actually look and saying like, where the heck is my life going? And it's kind of a weird analogy, but I always look at it and say, it's like, what do you want written on your tombstone? You know, when yeah. you die, you're going to be known for one thing. And if you can determine what that piece is for your life, for me, you know, it's like I want to help people connect to who they're designed to be. That is my overarching passion for life. And it doesn't matter where I'm doing that or how I'm doing that. But it's like, that's the thing that I want to be known for. And everything else, it's like, that is a, uh, a test for me to be able to say, does it fit into the, to that? Does it line up with that vision for my life? Yes, then I'll consider it. No, then I can just, I mean, I can cut 75% of things out to come my way just because you have an understanding of of who I want to be.
1: I really like that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to slide the conversation over a little bit because I know you're the founder of Mountain Pass Coaching. I wanted to learn just a little bit more about your business and what all that means and how you got into uh, Mountain Pass Coaching.
2: So long story short, I set out to be a pastor and realized that I actually didn't like telling people what to do. <laughs> and, and
1: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough.
2: But what I did in that whole process, and this is why like nothing's ever wasted. What I did realize is that I love listening to people. I love being able to look at their life as a, as somewhat of a puzzle and help them, sort through like all like almost decompress all the different pieces in their life and hold that out there and say, like, like, I don't know. I mean, most of the people are, you know, thirties, forties, like they've lived some life. I'm not going to come in here and say, you know what, let me tell you what you should do. It'd just be ridiculous for me to do it. I've known you for maybe a half an hour. I'm never going to tell you what to do. Uh, For me, it's really about knowing how to ask the right questions to get to the heart of what people are after and I, it's funny, but a lot of people leak who they are and they can never pick up on it. Right. But it just, you know, if your friend went to describe you, they'd be able to describe some of the things that, that it would never even come to your mind just because they can watch you observe you. Um, and coaching's just been that way for me of just being able to, to recognize where people at under, help them understand where they want to get to and then. Well honestly, once people kind of figure out where the compass is pointing at, they solve it for themselves, right but there's that stuckness that people get caught up in
1: well, I'd say the my dad was a my, my dad was a Georgia Baptist pastor. He pastored his first church at seventeen years old he was an ordained minister at 17 years old which was mind mind blowing to me that you know a 17 year old could be leading a church and being a leader of the you know what's going on and he's kind of now in a a little bit similar role now that he's in kind of the back half of of his career a little bit he's realizing sure. kind of the same thing is that really what it was about for him in pastoring is yes there was sermons and there was things that he was there to help mentor and he said but what he really enjoyed and what he's focused for the last 15 years on is helping people kind of open that one little nugget that they really learn who they are and who they are in in christ and who they are you know to themselves because your self-image at the end of the day mm-hmm. i always tell people the hardest person to look at your uh, the hardest person to look at is yourself in the mirror especially when you're disappointing yourself really mm-hmm. it's really tough and my dad just really enjoyed that that idea of he kind of leaves the crumbs for him a little bit by asking questions. And he says his favorite thing in the universe, though, is when somebody finds that little nugget, though, that he leaves and they open it up to, you know, this this thing that they have this self-discovery, if you will, but they have to figure it out. He's like, I can do everything for them, but I can't figure it out for them. If I tell them, they won't actually absorb it, anyways. They, the way the human works, they have to open up the shell. They have to understand what's inside of that shell for them to be able to process
2: it. Is do people say, yeah. is that how it really works? It, honestly, it is. I mean, I mean, think about your own life. You, you will take some advice. You'll. Hear it, but then you're going to apply it in your own way way anyway. And a lot of times, you're exactly right. People just have to get there on their own, or they're never going to follow. They're never going to own it. I mean, it's it's basically what it comes down to. So it's, yeah, exactly what you said is exactly what, what I shoot for, right?
1: That's fantastic. That's fantastic.
2: Now, uh, what kind of,
1: uh, coaching and stuff do you do? Like, do you do specifically where like, do you have like a focus on like relationships or is it leadership or do you have a particular focus that you focus on?
2: Yeah. So I'm in actually a little bit of transition. I, I have for the last three or four years been working specifically with people trying to figure out, you know, the first half of life is really about trying to find success. The second half is really about shooting for significance, and how do I do that? So how do I actually figure out why I'm here on this earth? What am I built for? Right, those those questions, and I actually came across a bigger need, and that's on uh, families that are are moving towards empty nesting, right? There's a yes. a huge need for couples that are so focused on preparing their kids and launching their kids out and getting and there's all this excitement emotion going through that and they get to it and they've changed and they haven't reconnected yet and a lot of people just end up throwing things away because it's too hard right or or there's so much emotion with seeing a kid leave and then what is my life now about right Yes. Um, so in some ways, I think I'm maturing from this midlife to be able to go back to these <laughs> and saying like, it's okay. It's okay that you feel lost, even at, you know, I mean, 40, 50, 60, we feel like we shouldn't have to start over, but in some ways I think there, there is a, a stage of that.
1: There is. So my oldest daughter, Eliza, she went to college this last year and <sighs> it was, it was really tough. Um, and yeah. she graduated early at that. So it was, she went to college at 16 years old, basically got a full ride scholarship to one of the best colleges here in Mississippi, super proud of her. But there is this moment that when you're, you're, your oldest kid, now I still have five more still plenty eating out of my fridge and, you know, we're you know, we're still having fun, but to have that oldest one gone, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions on, you know, did I raise her right? Did. And for me, mm. what was really tough is, did I invest the the time that I should have in her? Did, mm. you know, as a dad who was an executive chef who was working 80 plus hours a week in the restaurants and traveling all over the place, did I miss key opportunities that I should have had with my daughter? And that's kind of been a tough thing for me. And one of the reasons why I made a career changes, it's like you said, when you kind of realize that. They're kind of that little birdie that you kind of push out the nest a little bit. They've kind of got mm-hmm. to fly. You really got to ask yourself a lot of questions on, one, did I do this right? And I'm going to absolutely – and then I can't imagine when it's going to be my last child leaving the nest. And then it's like you're kind of just looking at your spouse like, all right, well, our whole world has been our kids, so who are we now? For the last 20, 30 yeah. years, it's been about our kids, so who are we as people, and it's like you said, what are people going to remember us? What's our significance?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting piece to kind of start noodling through. And and my hope is that you know, even starting to have conversations a couple of years before, you know, at sixteen, you know, or eighteen, and just sit there and say, like, it's time. It's You know, instead of getting to the valley and trying to dig your way out of it, it's like yeah. start a little when bit right sitting now.
1: sitting there at the <laughs> college dormitory unloading their things. <laughs> My wife was already bawling. I'm trying to be the oh. man of the group. And then there's these other side feelings because – you know, I, I'm, you know, my oldest daughter, she's, she's a beautiful young lady. And now you've got all these young, very overly eager teenage boys who are coming down to help bring their things up to their rooms. And, (laughs) you know, you're really, especially (laughs) my daughter being 16, I'm really having this moment of, I will murder every single one of you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, you know, what are ways that, that can help people unlock that. You talked about significance chasing. I really like mm-hmm. that idea of significance chasing. How do we, when we reach that point of empty nest, you know, what are, how do we find what's going to be significant to us at that point? Cause I feel like that world is a little bit different than, you know, when you're in those twenties and thirties range, like you said, there's two different phases to it. So how do you decide mm-hmm. which, how how do you decide that second phase?
2: So the the it comes down to understanding like what you said. You spent 20 to, 20 to thirty years in this last season, and just being able to let go of that and saying doors are open now, wherever we kind of want to go, or if it's a, a single parent, it's like wherever you want to determine it, it. It's really up to you. At the same point, you should know a little bit more about yourself at least know what you don't want. Right. right. And if you can at least get to that spot, now you're talking about 25% of a, you know, if you think about a compass, you, you've got 25%, It's like you can shoot off in a direction, taking a couple steps and just experiment a bit. Like there's nothing wrong with trying. To, it's it's kind of like moving to a new state or uh, taking on a new job. Like there's a moment of acclimation and that's okay. One of those things of saying like, before you get there, start so that you have time you're not in this pressure moment and saying like okay this is gone this thing's been severed you know to some extent now i'm in this world of hurt it's like if you can start a little bit beforehand and just start experimenting things like what could i see myself and then try it
1: i like that i like that a lot well jacob it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast i'm super thankful that you're here and again, he's author of Listen Simply and before you begin two books that I know we'll we'll put over into our resources. I look forward to to giving them a read and learning more about your your books. And how can our listeners if they need help in life coaching or, you know, they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? How can they keep up with Jacob?
2: Yeah, obviously you can go to the website which is the Um but honestly Find me on LinkedIn, that's an easy one. Uh it's whatever the linkedincom slash Jacob Coldwell. Um email me is fine, whatever. I just find me on the internet. It's all in there, you know. It's all in there. You know? I, I'm not big enough where I don't respond. I I typically make sure that I at least comment and say hi to people. I've had a few people reach out to me with the uh, latest release of this Listen Simply book. And it's just a joy. I mean, it really is cool to be able to hear somebody change their life a little bit by something that you just, you know, put a thought down on paper and uh, it's exciting that way. So I encourage people to always just reach out and, you know, even if they feel kind of awkward doing it, I'm, I'm willing.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jacob Caldwell. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us and hanging out. Uh, please make sure you reach out, You, you follow him on LinkedIn, and we are excited that you are here. Again, make sure you hit that like, hit the subscribe, and we're always super glad to have you here on A Brodacious Life.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Brodacious Life. We hope that you will like and subscribe to this show on whatever platform that you are listening to. Sign up for our newsletter at abrodaciouslife.com and follow us on Instagram. More importantly, we hope that you spend your day with faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun, and live brodaciously.